This is a Federal News Network podcast. They can't compare to piano-playing felines, but IRS videos do have their share of followers. Yes, the IRS has a YouTube channel of short, highly formatted videos. The Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration looked into the video program and found actually few problems. Here with details, the Acting Assistant IG for Management Services, Heather Hill. Ms. Hill, good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us about this program. These short videos are designed for taxpayers, correct? Uh, That's right. IRS produces videos for a couple of different reasons. Um, One of the reasons they make videos is to educate taxpayers. Um, And as you pointed out, uh, those videos are available on IRS's YouTube channel, and they're also available at a video portal, irsvideos.gov. And how many of these do they produce in a given year? Um, In any given year, there's about 100 videos that are um, approved for production, and they are a variety of topics. For the public, the videos might be about where will I, when, when will I find my refund, common tax scams, what steps you can take if you can't pay your taxes on time. So they're very educational in nature. I wonder if they base a video, say, if the call centers get a certain type of question repeatedly or they see a common mistake on a form, could that also give rise to a video? That's a good point. A lot of the videos are targeted to frequently asked questions Or let's say if there's a major change to tax law or provision or form, then those are things that can create the need for an educational video. And what's the uptake of these videos? They're not exactly like, based on what I saw, you couldn't call them viral. (laughs) No, they're probably not viral. But um, if you take all of IRS's educational videos available to the public as a whole, there are about 18 million views of the videos over time. So not insignificant. Yeah, so that's pretty good. And There's a program surrounding this. You can't just make a video and send it down to the web department and they put it up. Tell us about the board and the approval process. Sure. So to set the stage for the listeners, uh, I'll give you a little background about the genesis of the board. Um, It stems from an older TIGDA audit report related to a conference. And you may remember back in 2012, GSA ended themselves up in the headlines for lavish conference spending in Las Vegas. And around that time, TIGDA received an allegation about excessive spending at an IRS conference. So when TIGDA started looking at that IRS conference, we raised a number of concerns. And one of those was about videos that were produced for the conference. And in that report about the conference, we questioned some of the educational value and the costs associated with a number of videos that were produced. And so given the attention to conferences in general and the recommendations made in our report, um, a video board was created which requires approval in advance for any videos that the IRS intends to make. So the video idea could come from any part of the IRS, but the central board says yes or no to them? That's correct. So business units can propose videos that they want to make either for an external or an internal audience. IRS does also make videos to educate its own employees about a variety of important issues. And so if a business unit would like to make a video, they must submit a proposal in a standardized format to a board, which votes yay or nay on the video. Okay, and it looks like, frankly, from looking at the videos, these are not high-budget affairs. They use their own staff to, to film them, to recite the scripts. And it looks like it's filmed just in front of a wall, and they're no more than a couple of minutes long for the most part. That's right. IRS does have a small TV studio, and so these videos are produced in-house. Occasionally, 
something more advanced might require a contractor to support it. But by and large, IRS is producing these videos themselves. We're speaking with Heather Hill. She's Acting Assistant Inspector General for Management Services in the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. And so what prompted the look at this by TIGTA and what did you find? Well, so um, Congress placed additional restrictions on IRS spending subsequent to the issuance of the conference report I mentioned. And those restrictions um, made it such that the IRS could not spend any appropriated money on videos without board approval. So the purpose of our review was to make sure that the IRS was following that congressional directive. So we reviewed about three and a half years worth of video requests. And what did you find? Were they following the procedures? Generally speaking, we found that they were following their review and approval procedures, but we did identify some areas for improvement. Okay, and let's have those. So one of the things we found was that the documentation of the board approval was uh, not managed as stringently as we would like. It was a process that was documented largely over email and not in any formalized way. So one of the recommendations we made is for the IRS to develop a little more robust process to document the board approval, and they've agreed to do that. Another concern we identified was that the IRS doesn't track the final cost to produce a video. The requests to the board are submitted with estimated costs, but the IRS generally doesn't track the actual cost to produce the video. And so we recommended that they begin to track the final production cost, and they've also agreed to do that. And by the way, do they use their own staff to do the filming as well as doing the narration? Yes. The small TV studio that the IRS maintains does record the majority of the videos. Yeah, so it's not like this is a high-cost contracted activity in the first place. Right. Just to give some perspective of the approximately 350 requests that went to the board over the last three years, the estimated cost for those proposals was only about $900,000. So that's staff time plus, I guess, allocated rent for the small video studio. Well, that's one of the issues we pointed out in our report. Since there isn't a full cost accounting, it's difficult to say exactly how much these videos cost. So I think we can't say the known cost just yet, but once IRS implements this recommendation, it's something we could certainly go back and take a look at to see what the full cost of producing the videos is. Because in contrast to something that might have been produced in the bad old days for a major conference, Those were a little bit more elaborate affairs with professional videography and maybe models speaking. What that gave rise to is not really what the IRS is dealing with now, correct? Correct. So when a video is proposed for production, there are four key elements that the board is looking to review, and that's the cost of the video, the topic, the content, as well as the tone. And so the board is paying key um, attention to those four issues before it approves something so that we don't find ourselves in a situation where videos are approved with any kind of questionable content. So you wouldn't have someone say, listen, all you deadbeats, we're going to get you if you don't fill out Form 62B, Line 7. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And who's on the approval board? Does it go all the way up to the commish? It doesn't go quite that high, but there are three executives uh, who sit on the board, the deputy human capital officer, the director of the IRS Office of Communications and Liaison, and the Director of Wage and Investment Communications. And a little nuance, once two of the three of those individuals approve the video, it must also go up to the Deputy Commissioner for Operations and Support for final approval. So there is a final 
review process beyond the board. And I guess at some point, someone has to make sure that the specific piece of information given is accurate, given all of the subtleties in the tax code. So there's a large office of communications and liaison that performs a number of outreach uh, activities, and producing videos is just one of them. Well, I watched them, as I said, and they're pretty useful. So I, I would recommend people check them out if they have a tax question. Heather Hill is Acting Assistant Inspector General for Management Services in the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Let's get you taken care of.